It's official, we're counting down. So today we're going to do a little bit of a chat into how we both got introduced to permaculture or found permaculture. And spring, where it's the perfect combination of moisture levels and heat and sunlight and like everything just goes berserk. And apart from that, most of the time, the valley's pretty brown. It's been, I, I'm taking credit here. I, <laughs> I've really done maybe 20% of the work. <laughs> Women on a Green Mission. Follow along as two friends document their unfurling permaculture journeys. Join our chat each week where we will be sharing how we and others apply the ethics and principles of permaculture to our gardens and daily life. We're no experts. We're at the start of our journey, learning and fumbling our way to a greener life. You're guaranteed to witness a few successes, plenty of failures, laughs and swearing. We'd love your company along the way. Hey, Jo. Hey, Lise. How are you? How are you? Good. <laughs> Both talking at the same time. Um, before we begin, I just want to acknowledge that I'm recording on Yeagle Country here in Broomshead. We're back to you. So I'm recording from the Wanarua country here in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. Lovely. Fantastic. What's been how's happening? your week been? Good, good. Kind of we've had lots of emotions the last week or so. We, <laughs> um, as you may or may not know, people listening at home, we're looking for property. So we just missed out on our dream in inverted copper, commas, what not inverted commas? Name inverted commas. These things. Air quotes. Speech marks. Air quotes. Remedies. Oh, what was that? I don't know. You just had like. <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube right now, I just made it confetti. Can I do that again? Air quotes. I don't know how I did that. I just made confetti come out from the air. I don't know what anyway. that was. Oh, this would be interesting okay. then to see what other. If things you're listening, pop up. If you're listening to the podcast, you're like, "What the hell's going on?" But if you're watching us live on YouTube, um, yeah, I just made it rain confetti somehow. But anyway, back on track. Um, yeah, so we missed out on our dream property. So we did our whole permaculture PDC based on this property, a hundred acres, and they got offered a cash buyer. Um, I think the day we before we got our finance come through, so we kind of made an offer saying our finance will be done next week and someone pipped this at the post. So we kind of had a whole day of mourning and coming to terms with that because it was a bit of a blow. But we've picked ourselves up, brushed ourselves off. Um, we've got some bookings with agents to have a look. We're going to spend the weekend driving around looking at some properties. Um and we've kind of tried to get the positive out of it and say, well, we can do the plan again and we can, you know, revisit all our course notes and won't that be great. So we're trying to just see it as a positive and regroup because it's changing our plans completely and everything that's on the market is quite small, like under two or three acres. So yeah, it's going to really change to our plan. Yeah, yeah compared really to the, change the our plans. Yeah. And we have to do it in the next couple of months because we have pre-approval. So once that goes, we kind of will miss that opportunity because my work's changing potentially and there's a few other things in the works. So we need to secure something in the next two months. Oh, I know the pressure's on, but the excitement as well, like that that potential. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a bit, and you know this, like we've, we've spoken about this um, often mm. before, but, you know, the universe gives you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Um, yes, and I think and it will be divine timing. It's just we couldn't see it 
at that point in time. So, yeah. Yeah. What about it. you? It takes the wind out of your sails a little bit, I do feel uh, for you. But I'm really excited yeah. for you as well because I Thank know that you. the right one will come along. Yes. But yeah, we've been we've been busy little bees. We finally finally finished the deck. So this Yay. deck project has been going on pre-COVID, the C word. The photos look amazing, oh, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's 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 been I I'm taking credit here. I <laughs> I've really done maybe twenty percent of the work. <laughs> so my husband Anthony um and our, and our sons as well Mitch and Jay have really stepped up and and helped but it's 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 been mainly and you know like if he's had a spare hour he's been out there and it's been such a fiddly project because we had to deck over some broken concrete and it was too close yeah. to the house we didn't want to rip it up so it's been a really really long protracted protracted project but it's so been worth it like laying that last board and screwing it down and then just going that's it we're done I mean we're not we haven't stained it we haven't done any of that but just the fact that the the carpentry side of it is done is is just so good I can just picture ants like putting that last nail in and then cracking a bit sitting there straight away that's what I was going to have been doing (laughs) it was pretty much that he was like all right I'm going to pack everything up and I'm like no stuff packing everything up Right, time for beers. Like we need to celebrate. <laughs> so we did. Good we just stood you. there and stood at that part of the deck under the tree, and you know looked out oh. on the view. And it was like, yeah, this is this is worth it. This so is worth it. so nice. So we've had oh, lovely. Yeah, so we've had that happening. We've got um, some of our seedlings in. So we've got you know Ooh. a whole heap more in the gardens now. We don't yeah. have a full production garden going at the moment because we're going through. Um, some major design changes and then major infrastructure changes so but we have um, a couple of active beds so yeah we got the seedlings in which I was really stoked about because they were getting way too long and leggy and I'm like you you little little guys need to go in and and you know have the best possible opportunity to produce some beautiful food for us Um, yeah and I got another hot compost cracking so it's been busy it's been really busy it's good how are you guys going for water out there Three you want town? You want no, town water? No, we're no. on tank water. Right. Um, and unfortunately, at this stage, we don't have the capacity that we want to be at. So we are. Mm. Um, the, there's plans to get more tanks in. There's plans to fix the guttering and the roofing on the shed because we just we we lose so much water off the property. Um, you know, we haven't um, we haven't put our swale plans in place yet um, for the paddock as well. So a lot of that sheets off. I mean, we catch a lot of it in the dam. So the dam's yeah. great. The dam's, um, yeah. you know, self-supporting at the moment. But, yeah, unfortunately, we've actually had to to buy water in um, a couple yeah. of times this year already, and I know that we will continue to have to do that over summer. Yeah. be interesting to keep updated on that because I think a lot of people are going to be in that position this spring and summer and even going into winter, like our last winter, and the hunter was very dry. Oh, incredibly. Incredibly. Mm. You know, we had... Um, Oh, what we have sort of sixty odd mil the other day. Yeah. Um, and that but was it's not just a lot. beautiful. It was yeah. so it's not a lot at all. But you know, we had that well, I shouldn't say the other day, it was it was over a couple of days, but yeah. um you know, it topped things up, it kept the garden mm-hmm. going, everything looked green and lush for a few days. Like this is beautiful, and then bang, that heat comes back, those winds yeah. come back. You know, the heat's okay. The heat you can the kind wind. of deal with, it's those winds, they just yeah. strip moisture out of everything 
Yeah. It's crazy that little tiny bit of rain, though, how green everything gets. I love it. It's beautiful when it happens. Oh, it really is. It's it's mm. like we we kind of find, I was talking to a friend about this, we kind of find that we have about four weeks a year that we yep. thoroughly enjoy um, watching everything green. So there's like two weeks in autumn and there's two weeks in spring where it's the perfect combination of moisture levels and heat and sunlight and like everything just goes berserk. And apart from that, most of the time, the valley's pretty brown. Yeah. <laughs> we just go, that's that's just how it is. And, yeah. you know, we have some big plans to, you know, re, re-green our, our, our over, overgrazed, overeaten and over-trampled paddocks. Um, you know, that's that's on our – I mean, they were bad when we got here, but, you know, we didn't know what we were doing when we got here either. So we did a lot, of, a lot more damage that we didn't need to do. So we're now in the process of – of fixing that but that's all part of it right like that's totally. all part of part of the process and it's the lesson you, know, you can't can't do everything all at once Mm-mm. small and slow that's it small and slow solutions love it so today we're going to do a little bit of a chat into how we both got introduced to permaculture or found permaculture and just unpack what permaculture means to us at this point in our journey because as our tagline suggests this is all about our unfurling of our journey, how we're growing and how we're de- developing. So it's kind of going to be a little stamping time of how we currently see permaculture. Um, it'd be cool to do this in a year's time and see how much it's changed since then. But yeah, we crack on with it. Absolutely. So I suppose if you'd like to, to start, Elise, and yeah, sure. share, share with us a little bit about how you discovered permaculture, mm-hmm. let's start there. Mm-hmm. So I've always been really into gardening and being outside. So my grandparents had a farm and we kind of grew up, you know, mum and dad worked, so we grew up a lot of the time with them. I come from a Croatian background. Both of all of my grandparents were born in Croatia. So they have that inherently, you know, um, village kind of little gardens and they often grew their own food or caught it and whatnot. So I think that kind of helped along that journey my dad's a chiropractor so a very holistic kind of upbringing as a kid um but then as I grew up and met Oscar my husband we tried to have kids and we weren't falling pregnant so that's kind of when the permaculture not just the gardening side of that journey started um so we were trying for a baby for about a year um, and couldn't fall pregnant, so went and got everything checked out, and we ended up having to do IVF to have Addie, our eldest, who's five. Um, and as part of IVF, um, like I wasn't really going to do IVF to start with because I didn't like the idea of putting all these extra things in my body and how I felt about that. We looked into adoption, but that wasn't really a, a good fit for us at that time. Um, So we went ahead with IVF and I just thought, if we're going to do this, I've got to really prep my body and give my body the best chance and counteract anything that I'm kind of injecting myself with Mm -hmm. that's synthetic or not natural and those kinds of things. Um, And just the toll it was going to take on my body, you know, the fact that, you know, you've got all these extra hormones and surgeries and all these things that I had to deal with. So we cleaned up our whole life and our um, way of living. So it started with low-tox products. So, you know, I stopped using perfumes. We stopped using chemical products around the house and switched to um, things that were a bit kinder to our bodies. So we cleaned with, like, vinegar and bicarb and lemon oil and those kinds of things. Um, And to 
you know, get surfactants, we just use um, Castile soap for all of our cleaning mm. products. Um, if we need bubbles to help, you know, break down oils and fats and things like that. So, yeah, we just kind of cleaned all of that up, um, started, you know, trying to eat more organically grown vegetables. And then one thing kind of just led to another as we went down that journey. You know, you meet more people, you find more accounts on Instagram and social media, and you kind of grow that circle of influence that you have in your life. And as we did that, we kind of started learning about permaculture and regen. And I think the organic food really kind of took us down that path. We were shopping at farmers mm. markets a lot and talking to people. And um, I did the intro, oh, sorry, not the intro. I did, um, oh yeah, the intro, no, just a farm tour. Sorry, I did the farm tour with Brett, with one of my friends. We went along and just did it for fun. She was like, oh, I know this guy and I'm going to do it. Do you want to do it with me? And I thought, yeah, that's fine. And I was just like, oh, my God, this place is so overwhelming. That was my initial thought of Brett's place because it was spring and you were like, <laughs> you know, going through the garden like this, trying to separate the, you know, mulberry bush and the bloody passion fruit vine to find your seed. And it was insane. And I thought, I've got to come back and see this place in a different season. And I've got to come back and take it all in again because there's just so much to see. So I did the intro course, which is a two-day over a weekend with my mum, Introduction to Permaculture, and just fell in love. And so um, my mum did the full course and I was totally jealous of her. And then we had the opportunity, my husband and I, to do the course together and my mum to have the kids every second weekend because it's a three-month course. It's a protracted permaculture design course so yeah and that's obviously where I met you and everything's just snowballed from there oh fantastic and I just want to acknowledge like that that journey of IVF and what you went through to to have Addie like mm -hmm. that's huge like that's oh. that's such a, a big yeah. thing and such a brave thing to do and and no, to really you. set yourself up in the best way possible by going low tox and being incredibly aware of what you're consuming what you're putting in your body what you're putting on your body as well like I know that you know that you um are very minimalistic when it comes to putting anything on your body as well so we're yeah. talking about cosmetics and um, yeah. perfumes and scents and things like that which mm. you know is such a, a testament to what you know what you've been through and, and your journey as well mm -hmm. and the other big part of it too which I didn't mention um we live in a caravan I think we kind of explored that in our little handover episode that we did from so um from yeah, your an episode, old podcast. episode one as well yeah yeah oh yeah that's right um so <laughs> yes what did we talk about last week um yeah so part of that journey too was that we I was going through a really bad place mentally after we had our second child Fergus um Oscar was working long hours we were about to double our mortgage to like expand our house to make it you know bigger pretty shinier um you know more functional but not really it was just all the things that you kind of mm -hmm. want in a house and um yeah I just had like a mini not mini I had a full-on breakdown like I, I had anxiety I had depression I was not coping I wasn't very happy at all Oscar was never around he wasn't seeing the kids grow up um my best friend got cancer um we had five guys that we knew that were friends or friends of friends who were the same age as Oscar and I with kids the whole family um and five of these guys committed suicide within oh, the space man. of eight about eight months and that Jeez. was a big wake-up call for us it was just like you know what 
nothing is guaranteed and we wanted a big life change. So we'd been planning for a little while to buy a caravan and travel Australia. So we just took the plunge and did that. And then in that process, just reassessing our life and saying, you know, why do we want a big house? And we actually want to grow our own veggies. Like I've been growing veggies for years. Like, can we scale this up? And how good does it feel to be in the garden? And for our mental health, how great is it to be outside all the time? And we just decided that we wanted to change our work to being around that farm and creating produce and maybe flowers, like commercial flower farming and workshops. And I think once we did the course with Brett, that really inspired us. So yeah, part of that journey as well was me having that real low moment and then redesigning our lives around what we want and permaculture became a huge part of that. Yeah, and it's really really the thing that underpins everything now for mm. you, isn't it? It's it's yeah. It, it's your decision making, it's how you are in life, it's who you are mm. in life and it's it's not about being you know this strict permie where it's like these are no. the rules and you've got to stick to it. It's that it, it, it's it underpins the decisions yeah it's the lens, it's lens in which we yeah. see things that's yeah. that's kind of how I describe it when I talk to somebody it's it's our lens and our framework for seeing the world and your framework might be very different to mine but it's still part of that um permaculture principles and ethics and the things that underpin it but I think we can get into this later but I think a lot of people think of permaculture still as gardening and gardening techniques yeah, and to- a toolbox but it's, it's a lot, lot more than that, which I didn't realise until we did the permaculture course. I got into the course initially thinking we were going to learn how to garden. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a new lens the way we see things really. So Yeah. I love and that how you about you? Well, yes. I, I, was, I know. I was so many started. people say that. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's just a gardening course. I'll it's go. Rough. And well, we even. Garden. Yeah. You know. you know, I'll go learn how to grow carrots. Um, but no, it's more than that. It's so, so but how did you how did you find permaculture and get into this yeah, um, mine philosophy? Was, I suppose mine was a little bit more um, subtle in a way. So, you know, I've, I've always grown my own food. You know, and, mm-hmm. and we've never been on land before this. This is our you know we've got six and a half acres here, and and before this we were on little tiny house blocks, like you know under four hundred uh, five hundred square meters. Um, yeah. And so even when I rented many, 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 many years ago, um, you know, I'd always grow my own veggies, whether it was in a bucket or a raised bed or I would just, you know, do a veggie patch out the back. Um, I, I, I always had this desire to, to grow good, healthy, clean food. <laughs> so back in the day, to me, healthy, clean food was still putting fertilizers on there. I, I didn't use pesticides and herbicides so much. Um, but I wasn't educated either. I didn't understand what I was doing and why I was doing it. It was more that this product says I need to do this at this time and this is the result that I would get. And, yeah, you know what, I I did. I got some really great results, but at the detriment to the nutrients that were actually in my food that I was consuming. And then obviously, you know, myself and my family were then consuming um, these products. But that was sort of my starting start of the journey was growing food and then I moved into organic growing. I'm going, why am I paying money to put this stuff on here? This doesn't make sense. Nature can do this without, you know, going down and, and buying a, a container of, of chemicals. So why do I have to do that? So I then started to explore organic gardening more and then it just kind of rolled from there. I don't I don't actually know exactly how I found permaculture, but I just kind of I don't know, found it one day and research more. And, and I was the same. I'm like, well, this is a really cool way of gardening. Like, okay, permaculture, permanent agriculture, that was the original intent. It was more about having, you know, 
a systematic approach to um, agriculture that was on a far more permanent scale than yeah. this, you know, monocropping annual turn and burn of, of food. Um, and then, yeah, as I went down the rabbit hole, as you, as you do <laughs> when you find permaculture, there's so many rabbit holes, but I started to realise this is so much more. Um, yeah. And even more recently, the social side, the social, social permaculture, like that's something that I'm still exploring and I'm still getting my head around. So, um, you know, like it just keeps, it keeps going. But, yeah, how I, you know, came across the course is that um, I'd been following Bread at Limestone for a, uh, a little while on social media and, okay, yeah. and um, they'd had, a yeah, the same thing, the garden tour and um, the farm yeah. tour. And I said to Aunt, my husband, come on, let's go along and let's, let's go and have a look. Let's get some inspiration. That's what we went along for was just some inspiration. And um, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd looked at doing other permaculture courses and things like that in, in the past, but had never, you know, nothing had really ever stuck for me. And so we went along and we were, we were like you, we were just like, holy crap, like this is phenomenal. Like he's got so much going on in such a small space, but it doesn't feel like it's small and cramped. Like, you feel like yeah. you were on a hundred acres and you're standing. Yeah, he's only on an acre there. So, yeah. and yeah, we can but... put in the show notes for anybody who wants to have a look at his Instagram or book into a course. Um, a little link for you to have a look because it is yeah, epic. It's, it's really, really worth having a look. Um, and mm. the photos don't do it justice. Like, no, it just doesn't matter how good the photo is; it doesn't do it justice. No, but um, but yeah. So we went along, and at the end, you know, he's talking about um his his permaculture design course and I said to my husband look I really want to do this but I don't want to do it alone because I don't want to have to go along to this course learn what I'm learning get really excited come home and then try and translate that while I'm still trying to understand and learn myself and I don't want to convince you (laughs) yeah or convince it exactly (laughs) so we have to do it this way and he says no 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 we should do it another way and because, you know, you can always imagine a husband and wife having that conversation is going to go well. Right? <laughs> um, and to my surprise, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do the hard sell on him here. I'm have, going to have to go like full wife mode and just be like, come on, you have to do this with me. And he yeah. went, yeah, let's do it. Let's just book it in and let's just get it done. And, and so good. I was just like, this is amazing. So, yeah, we um, yeah jumped in and that's, yeah, that's where we met. We yeah. sort of hit it off day one. We, we kind of met and, and I know that, yeah, Aunt and Oscar, they became like, they had a little kind of, you know, romance. romance. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that like when you started your previous podcast, researching for that or learning for that also kind of took you down that path? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I had, I had discovered permaculture uh, before that, but it was, right. I was still trying to understand what it was. And, and so the previous podcast that I had, so self-sufficiency made simple, um, that was more around really basic information for people how to grow food, how to be self-sufficient in something in their life. Like it's not about living off-grid and never, you know, living like a hermit and you don't have anything to do with society, you don't have money, this, this, this. It was about being a normal human who, you know, has a job or runs a business or, you know, has kids and, you know, has all the, the, the usual life pressures. But how can I just do one thing and just yeah. do that well and be self-sufficient. It could be growing spring onions. It could be growing, you know, sprouts on your windowsill. It didn't matter. It was about getting people inspired to to do that. And so I did start to introduce permaculture into that podcast a bit. So there was an episode around what is permaculture and then we started to go down um, 
I, I went straight from what is permaculture to solutions. So, you right, know, we did okay. an episode on comfrey and, you know, what the benefits yep. are with that. Um, but there was a lot in the middle that I missed that I just didn't I, – I was in the process. It's not that I didn't understand. I was in the process of understanding. And by mm. doing the permaculture design course, for me, that brought all that together. There were so many moments that I was like, you know, you saw me. I was like, oh, yeah, right. the penny drops. Or yeah, absolutely. You get why that's an appropriate solution, or you learn about considerations to take into account rather than just, you know, it being a band aid solution for everything. Exactly. There, there are so many things that you can choose from and so many different ways to choose to do things. That's right. And context is king. Oh, like yes. it is. Context is everything. And I mean, I don't know how many people, and whether it's the gardening side of permaculture or the living side. So when we're looking at, um, and like you said, we'll get into this a little bit more mm. um, in later episodes, but, um, you know, understanding how that applies to you as a person around the decisions that you make around who you're showing up as every single day, yes. who you're being, yeah. who you're influencing. Um, mm. And, and, and oh, sometimes more importantly, who you're not. Like who... Yeah. You know, who, who, who are the people are like speaking to a brick wall? Like don't waste your energy. It's like anything. You, mm. can't, you can't convince someone of something. You can just share information and knowledge in your experience. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Joe. That's so good. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, to me now, permaculture is, it underpins everything that I do. Um, am I perfect? Not even close. You know, do I still buy stuff that I think, I didn't consider the packaging or um, I didn't consider the shipping or I didn't consider this and that or do I sometimes, Or it was you know, cheaper, you know, cheaper, cheaper to buy non-organic or oh. whatever it is, you know. And that's the thing, like, you know what, we're all doing the best that we can and that's what I love. Like this podcast, I really want to um, share with people that that's okay. Like do your mm. best because I think sometimes we can get really overwhelmed. Like, mm -hmm. you know, someone, I know, know someone who's amazing at being waste-free. She puts her red bin out once every six months. Like she's Whoa. a superstar. Like I'm not there. I am no. not there yet. And I used to beat myself up with that sort of stuff. And I'd go, I need to do better. I have mm. to do better. I personally am responsible for saving the world. That's on yes, me, you know, and I think a lot of people feel like that too, especially with, yeah. um, you know, this, this, this awareness, this big awareness swell of how important Mother Earth is and how much we need to look after her and climate change is having such a huge impact. And yes, we all need to do much better, but it's not on us as a singular person. You know, are you an absolute horrible person if you forgot your keep cup and you wanted a coffee? Really, yeah. are you are you that terrible that that's it? You should hang your head in shame for the rest of your life and and you, you know not call yourself a permaculturalist. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that you touch on that because it's not an all or nothing thing. Yeah, that's right. It, it can't be. It's not. It's not manageable with everyday life. No. So most I think of us, yeah, most of us can't do that and attain that. So important to keep that in mind. That just little steps and you know. And I, I'm reading um the new Milkwood book that she put out it's all about habits yeah it goes through all the habits through the 12 principles and um you know what one of the things she was touching on is if you do if you pick the one habit up and you keep it long enough it'll become second nature so then you can pick up another habit but doing it all is not you know it's not going to happen it's, it's not, not realistic happen, and, yeah. and that's you're probably that's half most of it then yes, Kirst yes. kirsten from milkwood yeah brad 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 
Bradley, Bradbury, I should know her name. But Bradbury, I just, Milkwood, yeah. The Milkwood lady. <laughs> yeah. the, the mushroom Milkwood lady. You know just, yeah, they're, they're the Milkwoods. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. it that's exactly right. It is mm. picking up on those little habits. It's change one yeah. thing and get good. I mean, we know that about our own personal habits. Like, oh. you know, how many times have we all gone on this health quick kick and we go, right, we're going to join I'm a not gym. drinking. <laughs> not drinking. We're not going to yeah. eat sugar. I'm not going to have yeah. caffeine. I'm cutting out carbs and I'm going to go to the gym five days yeah. a week. You know, and it's like that doesn't even come close to happening. You know, like Mm-mm. if we're really phenomenal at it, we might sustain it for a week. I can tell yeah. you now, 24 hours. 24 hours for me and I fall on my ass and go, I'm done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's about celebrating the wins as well, understanding that the changes that you've made, consider the, where you were six mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. 12 months ago, two months ago even and go, okay, what have I changed? It could even just be a mindset shift. It might not be that you've taken any specific actions that you can say to the world, but look at me, look how amazing I am. Mm -hmm. But you know within yourself that you might have just shifted your perspective on how you see something and that's now starting to have an effect on, you know, the people around you or um, your children, your parents. That's a tough tough one. you know, so yeah, there's there's so many different ways, and the mindset ones are really can be the most influential one because you know your change of mindset and then your actions then influence the people around you. You know, I, you know, when you want to change a habit that your partner might have, if you look in the mirror first and you look internally and you change maybe your habits, they pick it up just because they're around you. You know, yeah. so influencing your family and not having to jam permaculture down their throat you just do it and it becomes part of your life and their life and it kind of spreads it really um, does yeah it really but does. talking about um what permaculture means to us i might start off with um bill mollison's definition of permaculture yes please um so it was defined as the conscious design and maintenance of agricultural productive systems which have diversity stability and resilience of natural natural ecosystems it's the harmonious integration of the landscape with people providing their food energy shelter and other material and non-material needs in a sustainable way in other words permaculture is a holistic living in harmony with nature worldview as well as a technical approach for how to do so so that was his definition that i got off some website (laughs) and it's and it is, it just explains it beautifully because it's mm. a hard thing when someone says to you, what's permaculture? I don't know about you, but I go, uh, 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 like, kind of like regen ag and maybe yeah. like uh, organic farming, but also like how you treat people and maybe you just kind of verbal diarrhea all these random things out, don't you? People go, okay, that's, that's cool. That's cool. And, you know, or certainly if someone's in that space and they ask you, well, what, what do you see permaculture is? It's then like <gasps> the pressure of, yes. oh, is, is my view of it, my correct. definition, correct? Yeah, how does that stack oh, up against yeah. yours? Yeah, yeah. And, again, there's no right or wrong. There's mm. no right or wrong. As long as, you, mm. as long as you are considering those ethics of people care, earth care, fair share, um, they're the ethics like that principles aside you know you yeah. put those totally aside. if you just if you just live life 
with those three things in mind that you take action and make decisions and and live according to those three ethics you're done yeah you're done like that's mm. you're going to meet most of most of the um the, the principles in some way shape or form yeah um, i, think I know that, that's a really simplistic view but yeah you know but when it boils again, down to, to it, it practical. yes that's a hundred percent and you know those things you just mentioned none of them have the word garden or plant or anything in them so you know you can see how that's such a small part potentially of the picture the big picture um so I, when i was jotting down what it meant to me i wrote down um, it's a way of living that integrates my family's needs for food shelter thermal comfort and financially living with the land and the natural environment it means striving for harmony between the land and our needs. It also more recently means connecting to community to support this also. So that's kind of a new thing for me. We mm. haven't really been doing that so much in our little nomadic lifestyle. I mean, you can do it online and things like that. But for me, I think those real connections as well are important to establish. So that's something that we're really trying to do now, now knowing where we're roughly going to be location-wide um we really want to get into bartering and trading and yeah and those kinds of things and the financial side for us is huge like we really want to be able to live within our means and not constantly have to feel like we're reaching for more money um especially at the expense of our emotional well-being or um the land you know we don't want it to be at the expense of the land around us so exactly yeah yeah what about you so for me i'll read i sort of wrote it out as a little bit of a a statement so i'll read that out so Mm -hmm. for me permaculture is a holistically designed system of living that allows us to support the land while producing outputs that support us and our community and that's through using closed loop systems integrations and methods that mimic what nature does it's really a whole of life approach, so it's a it's a way of thinking, acting, and being, which I've touched on uh, before. But it's it it's doing so, which minimizes our negative impact on the earth and maximizes our positive impact. Um, yeah. So really, in practice, it's how we interact with our environment, what choices yeah. we make every day, the betterment of the planet and its inhabitants, and and for us too, it's really important about leaving a legacy. It's leaving a yeah. legacy. Um, not just a legacy as in the context of our family, it's leaving a legacy um, of leaving the land better than what we found it because the land when we got it was nowhere near what it was, you know, in its natural state. It's been divided, it's been fenced, it's been farmed, it's had trees ripped out of it. It's got degradation, it has erosion, it has next to no life in it. Um, so we want to give back to the land as much as humanly possible while still yeah. supporting us and supporting our community. And mm. I love that you touched on the social social stuff that we talked about a little a little bit earlier, but mm. I've been the same and I think it's really funny that you and I are now doing a podcast together considering that we were I wouldn't say anti-social. <laughs> No, but, but it wasn't on our radar. It wasn't a focus for us. And we were no. saying we did, we did a lot of stuff in isolation. And I was almost a little bit anti-engagement um, mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, you know, like oh, when the more people you engage with, the more expectation there is on you to to do and be a particular thing. And well, I had this in my mind. Like this was my own little, you know, mind bend. 
And then I realized after a while that that's not the case. This is the own, my own story, my own hangups, and I had to work through those. So now, like, you know, we're selling our eggs down to Maitland Street Collective, our local cafe. Um, Heather so down there. So cool. Um, so that's what I was doing before I jumped on. Um, today I was in there cleaning eggs. I tried not to wash them because I like to keep the bloom on them, but unfortunately yeah. they get a bit mucky and I'm not going to sell mucky eggs. We can't. Not yeah. allowed to. Um, yeah, so we're doing that. We're actually going to be building some wicking beds down there for them Ooh, as well. So, so cool. Farmlet, um, which is our, our property. Um, is going to be sponsoring the wicking base so we'll get a little plaque on there so what we'll do is and i'll probably build one we'll have one set up and then we might do a little workshop just a a free community engagement workshop where people can come down and um and yeah help us build a a, an ibc wicking bed and then we can have um some nice cut and come again greens in there some edible flowers so you know heather and and josie and the girls at maitland i should say the girls the ladies a beautiful lady um at maitland street collective can yeah walk outside and go snip 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 and and all that beautiful food can then be served to um the the local customers here so yeah you know that's been a big thing for me um yeah and also then just having conversations with people um about Mm. just all sorts of random things like if i get an opportunity to speak to someone whether it's about permaculture whether it's about something local like it doesn't always have to be permaculture as such yes yeah any sort of positive conversation if i can have that interaction now i absolutely will whereas years ago probably not even years not that long ago i might have gone oh i don't have the energy for that i don't have the bandwidth now i'm finding it's the opposite i'm i'm needing that it Um, lights you up it lights me up absolutely Mm. and it's something that i'm very conscious and aware of is is it lighting that other person up as well if this is not a two-way um interaction that's quite balanced then yeah you know it's not an interaction that either of us want to have and that's okay so it's it's been a really interesting process so yeah i'm still finding my social permaculture and what that means for me it was more imposter syndrome like i don't have enough knowledge or i don't have the authority to talk about this and it wasn't until um we did our course and not so much the social side because I feel like the other people like Beck and Anna and some of those people that were in our class had those skills way beyond me but just the confidence when we were talking about certain gardening things or my knowledge or things that came really secondhand nature to me because of the way I was brought up people are like how do you know all this so how did you find that info and when did you read that and I was like oh you know what like I actually <laughs> do know this? <laughs> yeah like I actually do have this knowledge and I'm you know I need to kind of flex that a little bit and not feel yeah. boastful about it you know it's not that side of it but oh I I do have worth and I can bring something to the conversation um especially around building techniques and things like that because my parents flipped houses when I was little so I had when we're doing that aspect of um you know thermal comfort and being able to build houses in a particular way to enhance you know nature and what's around us I was like I know all this like this is all really second nature to me so I think having more conversations with people kind of made me realize my value or what I could kind of bring to the table because my background is not anything in this so yeah yeah I think that was what was stopping me socially I just didn't think that I had enough knowledge to share and that I was worthy to kind of talk to other people about those things and even still like I met up with a lady here um the other day and we were talking about something and I was 
rabbling on and then she kind of just looked at me blankly and I I just had this like oh my god I'm just talking shit and I'm not even like she's not even agreeing with me and am I just and then she was like yeah yeah and then she kind of started talking and I was like at this relief moment like okay no you you're not just you know talking and you know you know just I was I was so nervous talking to her and I felt like she was like what are you going on about as I was talking and then finally she started putting her perspective and agreeing with things and disagreeing with things and I kind of went oh okay no it's okay Elise like (laughs) you're not just you're not just going crazy talking to these people about things that aren't true or you know you don't have an authority to talk about them so yeah it's definitely a process being brave enough I I love that you touched on yeah that that (laughs) imposter syndrome because it's real it is so and I, I I think especially not that I I want to you know say that we don't all have it to a degree but I think especially for women and coming from you know a bit of a oh yeah a personal development background you know I was a bit of a personal development junkie for a while and I still am to a degree I just don't necessarily buy into a lot of other stuff (laughs) that's a conversation for later um but yeah it's it's a very real thing you know it's that imposter syndrome our self-talk and it can stop us from doing some really amazing things because sometimes it's just too scary to yeah to challenge something or to have those conversations like you get into that moment of am I really talking out of my ass or am I actually you know know what I'm talking about and am I backing myself on this um oh you know and it's that self-talk and the the doubt and that can stop us from having those really important and beautiful conversations and I mean Mm. by you having you know having that conversation and making that connection um with that person I guarantee she's walked away from that interaction going, oh, wow, like Elisa's really giving me something to think about here. Hmm. And it I think it's one different. Thing. I think it's different when we talk because, you know, if you said, no, I don't agree, I wouldn't be offended with that or we could have that conversation because we know each other enough. But when I've met someone new especially, which is, you know, trying to build that social connection and you have an opinion on something, especially when you're talking about ethics, you know, uh, permaculture can get quite political and quite ethical and there's you know some pretty big topics that you delve into that are normally poo-poo in general society you know don't talk about money politics and religion like but that's part of what permaculture is because it's a way of life so when you have those conversations they can be quite scary because not everybody agrees you don't know what their background is yeah you know I don't want to wait six months to have these conversations with these people I want to know if they're my tribe or not and kind of get into the nitty-gritty yeah that's scary like that's really scary to put yourself out there and be like well this is what I believe and this is how I see the world and not everyone's going to agree with that even though they're part of the permaculture tribe yeah exactly and especially um, that's enhanced even more so online. Like it's, you know, it's one thing to to have that in person. Um, You know, I mean, we all have had moments online where, you know, we've been attacked for something that we've said or we've been mistaken, someone's taken it the wrong way or um, it's it can be really, really challenging. And I know Mm. even with this podcast, I know there's going to be people listening out there that are going to go, oh, these two broads just have no clue what they're talking about. And that's okay. And I'm cool for that, yeah. Yeah. Because we want to connect with the people that are going, cool, there's an episode that is out again this week and we want to listen. And they can provide um, value to the conversation that we're having. We want people to reach out. We want people to engage with us. And you know what? We want people to 
challenge. We want you guys to challenge us on stuff too. Like if we totally. talk about something and they go, you're listening to this and you go, look, we think you, you know, you're wrong on this or, or we don't think you've considered this perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say in our intro, we are not the experts and we will never, ever be, you know, we could be doing this podcast in 40 years' time and we would still never claim to be an expert. Yes. Um, you know, it is a, it is a long-term um, learning and it's a long-term implementation. Yes. And, and I, th- I think we touched on this in our intro too, that there are other podcasts out there that are going to be doing maybe high, more higher-level science behind permaculture or more woo-woo thinking that we're not on that level or we're not on that vibration at the moment because – we're at the beginning of our journey and we want people who are on that stage of their journey to have a platform to experience this with us and to find something that they resonate with. Because if they go listening to one of these real highbrow conversations, it might just be too much and they're not at that point yet where they're ready to absorb that information. So I think it's just a different level that we're kind of bringing a different conversation. It's a bit more casual um we're very yeah, casual our, aren't our we? learnings yeah we swear like hello um we're, we're the bogan permaculture group yeah. that's maybe what we should have called this bogan permaculture oh, the, the bogans oh god um mm. but the other really big part which um i didn't talk about with my definition of permaculture is that it has become a guidebook for slowing down and intentional living because part of being in the caravan and changing our life was that key moment and I think because observation and consideration is such a big part of your permaculture principles um relying on those two principles heavily at this stage in my journey you know in this season of my permaculture life is that I want to really lean on those because I don't want to go back into typical life Mm -hmm. when we go back into a house again and we're not traveling and everything speeds up and everything gets fast paced and we have all these stresses again. So for me, permaculture is about living intentionally and slow and, um, you know, having slow considerations and protracted thinking and not just taking snap decisions because I'm an all or nothing person and I'll go, yeah, we're doing this. And if it fails, cool, we'll change it. But I think permaculture is teaching me to really be in the moment and slow down and kind of, leaning on that a lot at this season of my life so that's the other big thing that permaculture is to me right now yeah that's that's really good and you're yeah you're absolutely spot on that you know those different stages of life Mm. different different reasons and different seasons and stages of life you're going to resonate with maybe different principles or Mm. maybe you just apply them in a different way yes yeah you know and um, it's 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 a really interesting. I know I know that we've spoken about this off air too. Like how even in our very short journeys, how we've changed our perspective on certain things and oh, have yeah. become open to certain things and and yeah. you know and possibly even you know discounted some things that that you know we thought maybe uh, have been good mm. in the past and now we look at it and go, no, nah, that's really not going to be serving not us moving so forward. Much. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have little kids. You don't have little kids. So, you know, what I'm deep diving to isn't going to be the same as what you're deep diving to. And I think that's lovely because that's how we learn from each other and the people around us by doing those things and, and interacting yeah. so that we can have these different perspectives and, that's it. and yeah, and it's, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. We definitely, definitely learn from each other and it gives um, us 
a, a different perspective and an appreciation too because I think mm-hmm. sometimes when you um when you do get stuck in life you know like you get exactly what you're being in very intentional rut. about not being you know which is rushed and hurried and yeah in a rut um we lose perspective we lose mm-hmm. perspective on what we're trying to achieve as an individual and then what the family's trying to achieve. I mean, how many people out there that are listening or that, that you know that they get up, they go to a job, they come home, they crack their beer or have their wine, they have their meal and they go to bed and they just put this on repeat and they work their asses off just to be able to pay their bills. They're not doing this for a greater good for themselves. They're just doing this to continuing to survive. It is the, the, the you know, proverbial rat wheel. And I yep. think that being able to yeah, be far more intentional, it does allow you to take that step back and say, what are we doing here? What are we doing this for? And like you touched on earlier, you know, we life is short. We only get one shot at this. And how do you, how do you want it to be? Like, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to leave behind to your family, to your friends, to your community, to to the land that you're on and around you and, and, and the world? Yeah. Like what is it that you want to leave or do you just want to be on the rat wheel? And if you do, that's okay. Like there's, again, there's no judgment too. Some people mm-hmm. function in that really, really well and that's cool. Um, and some people don't have the capacity for more right now in the, yeah. in that point in time, you know the journey that you or me or someone else might have taken just to get to this point might be too much. You know, yeah. you, you, you don't know somebody's context. And I think um, when we were doing our course, Brett was talking about, you know, I don't go into a conversation. He was saying, I don't go into a conversation saying, oh, permaculture this and regen ag that. You know, if someone's not using the terminology of permaculture, but they're living it, then that's good enough. Like, why yeah. do we have to then make it a label? Exactly. We don't need a um, label. Yeah. Well, I think yep. that's a really nice um, point that you made and the legacy and what you were talking about, maybe the end on. Is there yeah. anything else you want to add? No, I think I think we've had a really good conversation about this. I mean, yeah. we could talk about this for bloody hours. Like, you know, mm. we'd, I think yeah. we'd be, our, our, you guys out there, our poor listeners, you'd just be like, okay, we're over it now. Um, Enough now, guys. <laughs> Enough. But, look, I think that, yeah, that is a, a good point to end on is, yeah, what is what is your intention? How do you want yeah. to live? How are you showing up every day for you, not for anyone else, for you? You know, and your it, why. And your why. Your yeah. why for what you're doing. What are you it's doing? It's really important to, to think and take stock of. And remember that there is no wrong answer. Yes. There's no wrong and you yeah. don't you don't have to be better than the next person or not better than the next person. You don't even have to compare yourself to the next person. This is about you as an individual and your journey what's going to work for you right now at this stage and that may not be the same next week and that is okay yeah so thanks for listening to the practical permaculture podcast we hope this episode gave you some inspiration and confidence and has helped you in your permi journey for the show notes head down to all the things we mentioned today Um, and if you like this podcast please remember to subscribe rate and share and if you didn't then get back to your garden have an amazing week bye see you next week bye bye